Welcome to the Rehope Belfast podcast. We're so glad you're taking the time to listen to the message from Sunday. May this message be a blessing to you today. Yes, so my name's Ruth, if you haven't met me before. I'm married to Josh um, and we lead Rehope uh, Belfast together. Um, uh, this morning I am going to be speaking about peace and initially I was kind of like, oh no, because if any of you have known me for a few years, I'm probably the least like peaceful person that, that you could meet. But actually, God has really restored that. And that has been part of my journey and my testimony in the last few years. So praise God that I'm here to speak about peace today because God can change us and God wants to change us. So I wanted to start this morning by sharing with you a little bit of a sob story, something that happened to me in 2010, which was 11 years ago. Can you believe it? So in 2010, Josh and I were engaged and at at Christmas, it was our final Christmas not being married. And so this Christmas was, it was really important to me because it was my last Christmas being with my mum and my dad um, and just sharing that really special and exciting time with them. But just before Christmas, um, two of our friends were getting married and Josh and I traveled to their wedding And then from the wedding, we traveled to Josh's grandparents and the plan was Josh would stay with his family and I would fly from there and fly back to Belfast and have my final Christmas with my family. And everything was booked, all the planes were booked and the flights and the trains and everything, it was all sorted. Um, But my plan started to fall apart um, in that day in December when we woke up in Exeter at Josh's grandparents' house and there had been a deep snowfall. Like, you guys all live in the UK. Even, like, snow like this deep changes everybody's plans. This was, like, proper, proper deep snow. And I was thinking, oh, no, how am I going to get, not even to the airport, how am I going to get to the train station to get the other train, to get to the coach, to get to the airport? How am I going to get there? So Josh and I started, and Josh can vouch for this, he carried my suitcase up on his shoulder because we couldn't wheel it along the ground because it was too much snow. And someone really kind in a Range Rover stopped and we're like, hey, where are you going? I'll give you a lift because they could drive in the snow because they had a really big car. So this person dropped me to the train station, but that was only the first leg of the journey. Then I had to get from that train to another train. And when I got to change trains, it was like cancellation, cancellation, cancellation. And I'm thinking, please, 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 somebody somehow get me to the next train. I got on my next train and I had made the journey all the way from Exeter back to Cardiff. Don't ask me why I booked that flight. It, it made sense at the time. It doesn't make sense now. But I made it to Cardiff. But then I still had to get from the train station to the airport. So I was like, right, where is this bus? Where is this coach? And I was looking and looking. And all of the coaches and all of the buses to the airport were cancelled because the road was far too dangerous. So my plans changed again. And I found a crazy taxi driver who was like, I'll give you a lift, but it's a double fare. And I was like, a student, like, great. Okay, okay. So I gave him basically all of my money and he was like, we need to buy snacks in case we get stuck. So I was the one who had to go and buy him bottles of Coke and crisps and sweeties and everything to keep us going just in case there was an emergency. But this amazing taxi driver got me to the airport. Woo! Christmas miracle. And I felt a real sense of smugness at the airport because the screens, flights to everywhere cancelled, Belfast, still showing it was leaving. Yes, get in, I'm getting home for Christmas, this is so good. But obviously within half an hour, 
my smugness was gone and my flight was cancelled. I burst into tears. I didn't know what to do. I'm completely by myself in Cardiff where I don't know anybody. Josh is miles away with his grandparents. My parents are across the sea in Ireland and I don't know what to do. And I just cried. My pace about going home, all of my plans suddenly changed. I was just thrown into absolute chaos. Bear that in mind as we go through the rest of today. So I want to bring us back to the reading that Sarah, Sarah did for us earlier. I want you to think about Mary. I thought it was a really interesting piece of scripture because Gabriel kind of appeared to Mary and basically was like, hi Mary, I am Gabriel, an angel. And already it says Mary was troubled. He hadn't even told her, like, you're going to become pregnant. You're going to have a baby. He's going to be called Jesus. He's going to be the savior of the world. He literally was like, hello. <laughs> and she was troubled. She was troubled and Josh touched on this last week because Mary lived in a time that there had been hundreds and hundreds of years of spiritual silence. That meant not one prophetic word from God. That meant not one angelic visitation. That meant nothing, just silence. And yet here was Mary, this young woman, and she's been met by this angelic host. Like no wonder she was deeply troubled. But then the angel went on and he explained the amazing plan that God had for her. Yes, in one hand it's amazing, but at the other, on the other hand, can you imagine being this teenage woman and being told, you're going to be pregnant, it's going to change your life, and it's going to change the whole world? Like, no wonder, like, no wonder her life was turned upside down. But Mary reacted so differently to me. I burst into tears when my plans changed, but Mary just accepted God's plan for her. Isaiah chapter 26, 3 says this about God. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And I believe that as Mary focused her trust and her attention onto God, the Holy Spirit did something within her spirit and her life and released this amazing, incredible peace to her despite the circumstance that she was walking into. She trusted God. There's going to be a picture come up of, oh, you maybe can't see it. Can you dim the lights a little bit? Possibly. Look, isn't that beautiful? So Josh and I were on holiday on the south coast in Devon um, this summer. And I just thought this was a really nice picture. When we think of peace, maybe we think of something like this, of stillness and tranquility and quietness. And that sounds really nice because so many of us rush from one place to the next to the next to the, this thing to that thing to that thing. But actually, you can kind of turn the lights back up because I'll leave it dark. Actually, this idea of just quietness and stillness, it actually misses a really key aspect of biblical peace. Biblical peace, um, or the word shalom you might have heard, it encompasses so much more than just being still and quiet. Again, in Isaiah, um, the Isaiah was a prophet, so he talked about things that were still yet to happen, things that hadn't happened yet. And he speaks about the coming of Jesus. And he says in Isaiah that Jesus would be the Prince of Peace. And even in the reading earlier that Sarah gave, it said of his kingdom there would be no end. So biblical peace isn't about that like nice quiet moment. It is actually about an everlasting and eternal peace. 
And it also talks about working towards reconciliation, working towards restoration, repairing brokenness. It's not just about avoiding chaos and not looking at the messy things. You see, Jesus is our Prince of Peace and he represents to all of humanity God's heart of compassion. You see, Jesus is an eternal peacemaker between us humans here on the earth and the Lord God. All throughout scripture, maybe you're in a Bible read-through and you're reading through the Old Testament and you see this time and time and time again of God's people. They continue to offer sacrifice. They continue to strive and do everything within their own strength to make peace between themselves and with it, with, between themselves and God. And I wonder if any of us can relate to that. I certainly can. It's a, a bit of a, an idea or an attitude of, well, if I just do X, Y, Z then maybe God will love me. Or if I make sure and I never do X, Y, Z, then I'll be right before God and God will accept me. But the good news of Jesus today is that all of our strivings and all of our efforts, no matter how, how good they are, no matter how well-intentioned they are, they never match God's holiness. But because of Jesus, when we trust in him as our Lord and as our Saviour, there is peace eternally between us and the Lord God. A piece of scripture that most of us know, even if you've not been around church ever before or not for a while, you probably will have heard John 3.16. John 3.16 doesn't just say, God loved the world so much and finish. It doesn't end there. No, it says God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that anybody who believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. You see, it tells us that because of God's great love, he did something about it. He offered all of us as humanity an everlasting peace through Jesus, the son of God. I want to take you back now to my sob story from 2010. Remember, I was crying. I was like, what am I going to do? I have no money. Like, I'm stuck in this airport. I'm by myself. It's Christmas and I want to be home. Like, of all the Christmases, this is the one I wanted to be home for. And as I was sitting crying, this couple approached me and they just asked, where are you, where are you trying to go? What's going on? And I was like, I'm trying to get to Belfast and I have no money and I don't know. And I was an absolute mess. And this incredible couple they said, hey, we're trying to get to Belfast too. This is our plan. We're going to get, try and get the train and then the boat and then the train from Dublin and we'll get you back to Belfast. And I was like, I know, but I have no money. And they were like, hey, we'll pay for you. Don't worry about it. We'll get you home for Christmas. And guys, that is actually the Christmas miracle. Like that was amazing. And I love that story just because the generosity of strangers was so good, but actually... I think it points towards something about the character of God. You see, these people, they didn't come over to me and say, oh, you look really upset, I'm sure you'll be fine. No, they actually took restorative action on my behalf and they made a difference to me and I made it home because they were, had compassion towards me and they were moved to do something about it. You see, God's desire is for all of us, all of us and all of humanity out there, everyone in this earth to find their way home in Christ. God's 
heart for us is to find our dwelling place in him. And that is why he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus because Jesus enables all of us to be repaired. He enables all of us to be made whole. And that means that we can come close to God and God can be our full dwelling place. You see, if any of us in this room, if we profess Jesus as our Lord, then we also are called to carry God's peace into this world. Colossians chapter three says, you are called to peace. That's it. It's as blunt as that. If you profess Jesus as your Lord, then you are called to peace. And if we remember that peace wasn't about stillness and silence and tranquility, then that means that as peacemakers in Christ Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are to act as those who bring restoration and reconciliation and reparations. We are to be people who build one another up. We are to be people who help to make whole the broken things that we see in this world. And I think there's a few ways we can do that. We can seek internal peace. Some of us have internal struggles with ourselves and with our, you know, things that are going on in our own lives. We can seek external peace with our friends, with our families, our neighbors, our colleagues. And we can look out into the world and we can see brokenness. We don't have to look far to see pain and brokenness in this world, guys. I want you just to take a moment, a moment of quiet, and just reflect on what is laying heavy on you in this Christmas season. Maybe it's internal, maybe it's external, maybe it's out in the world. And I want you to think of that thing. What's breaking you? What's breaking your heart? And now, I want you to know that Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, he's not distant from that pain. His heart breaks too. And I want you to imagine now the full power of God's peace breaking over that situation. If we believe that God sent Jesus to reconcile the whole world to himself, then we can be part of doing the work and taking action, the same action as this Prince of Peace, step by step, taking action until we see the broken things in this world come, coming to be made whole in the name of Jesus. This Christmas, I want you to know that God didn't just speak his peace and his love for the world. It doesn't say for God, it doesn't just say God loved the world so much. No, God loved the world so much that he did something about it. He took action. He sent Jesus to repair the brokenness between us and God as an eternal and everlasting peace. God, thank you for your kindness towards us. Thank you that you chose to take action on our behalf and restore us to yourself. You see, I really believe that God is not afraid of any of our mess or any of our brokenness. God, like, God chose to be born. And if we know anything about childbirth, that is messy. Like, let's be real. Like, God could have just in a puff of smoke appeared. But no, he chose to come into the world through a messy situation. And God longs to bring peace and wholeness to all of us. Not just at Christmas, but all the time. That is God's heart for us all. You see, brokenness in our own lives and in our relationships or the brokenness that we see out in the world, it doesn't have to have the last say because Jesus is a peacemaker. And if he's a peacemaker, then it means he wants to 
make things whole. He wants to repair brokenness. He wants to re reconcile things that are things that are broken. Um, yeah. And all we have to do is invite the power of the presence of God's peace in. I just pray for all of us. I'll just take a moment to pray. God, would you help us? Help us in this season to receive your great peace. And I pray that we would be those that carry your peace in our lives, in our relationships, Lord, and into this world. Would you help us to be peacemakers in this earth? In Jesus' name.